Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Beauty Business Podcast. This is the show for the health and beauty industry, particularly you independents out there. We're here to connect you to the people, tools, tips and advice to help get your beauty business salon, clinic or spa to where you want it to be. My name is Adam Chatterley. I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast, and I'm on a mission to help mobile therapists, home salons, and independent salons and spas to reach their business goals through simple, practical, and focused business advice, ideas, and tips. Every couple of weeks, I'll be releasing a new episode, which will be packed with information covering the topics that beauty business owners are struggling with right now. And it won't just be me either. I'll be bringing you experts both from within the industry and also from outside the health and beauty industry to give you their advice and to help you grow your business the right way. So, can't tell you how to do a better massage, manicure or facial, but I can help you to get more clients, the ones you really want, reduce your costs, increase your profits, sell more retail and control your time and generally make more money for all the hard work, time and effort that you put in. So to start this week off, a little bit of a confession to make. When I started SalonBusinessSecrets.com, which is the main website to support the Beauty Business Podcast, I wanted to bring my experience of the key fundamental business processes that I believed were at the core of the most successful spa, salon and wellness companies I'd worked with to the smaller independent business owner. My plan was to weave these in between other articles and I wanted to call these the essential secrets. These were to help new and aspiring beauty business owners to create a solid foundation for their business in an attempt to take the stress out of being a business owner in the beauty industry and to help stop the 9 out of 10 salon business failures that happen each and every year. However, as always, life gets in the way and while I absolutely believe that each article I have published and podcast episode I've released is stuffed full of valuable advice, I've allowed myself to get a little bit distracted and I've taken the eye off the essential secrets concept a little. Don't worry, I've been responding to questions that have come up in interviews I've done and people I've met and things like that, but I wanted to get back to the core business advice, the essential secrets that I originally started out with. So it's time to bring that back again. If you want to check out the essential secrets so far, just go to salonbusinesssecrets.com forward slash start and you'll find a page introducing the secrets and also the links to the one that I've already written about. But today we're looking at the question of how to grow your beauty business. It's such a simple sounding question, just six little words, but not such a simple answer. Well, actually the answer or answers are more simple than you might think. Just a little aside here, I've had this podcast and the supporting article to go with it in mind now for about the last 8 to 10 months, but it's taken quite a lot of time to research and find all the information sources and data that I needed to bring you to give you a real live up-to-date examples and information, but I'm finally ready, it's finally done, so I'm so glad to bring it to you. This is probably the longest putting together experience I've had with any podcast or article because it's taken me so long. So I hope that gives you an idea of the value that could be found within this episode. So let's get started. Okay, so if I were to ask a typical business person or anyone who's ever studied economics the question, how do you grow your business? I'll probably more than likely get one of the following answers. 
either decreased costs or increased turnover and sales. And if I'm really lucky, I might get the odd improved productivity as an answer as well. Now, if you ask a salon owner the same question, and I did this, you'll get similar answers only worded in a little more specific way. For example, get more customers, which is a function of increasing turnover. Sell more products, which is also a function of increasing turnover. Sell more treatments, kind of brackets around that to existing clients, which is both a function of increasing turnover and also improving productivity. And finally, another one I kept getting was reduce your costs, which is quite clearly the same as decrease costs. Now, the problem with these answers is that all slightly general and a bit conflicting as well. For example, in order to increase turnover, you might decide to increase advertising to bring in more clients. But this would in turn increase your costs, which might mean you simply break even rather than improving anything. And at worst, you could simply mean you are spending more money on advertising than you are making from new clients. So you end up actually losing money. Likewise, you might decide to reduce costs, which could in turn have a negative impact on the level of service you are able to offer, thus possibly causing you to lose clients or not gain any new ones. And again, in the end, resulting in lower turnover and sales. So let's get to some specifics. Now, you're probably thinking that there are hundreds of ways to grow your business. But would it surprise you to know that there are actually just five pretty straightforward ways to grow your beauty business? Indeed, any business. Sure, there's many variations on strategies, but there are just five basic ways that you can grow your business. And one of them is so simple and so powerful, you won't believe it unless I show you. Now might be a good time to mention that there's an available download for this episode. I'm going to talk you through all of the different ways to grow your business and then lots of examples afterwards. But you might find it easier to download the workbook that goes along with this episode. I'll give you some more details about that in a minute. So the five ways to grow your beauty business or indeed any business are as follows. Number one, increase the number of customers. And this includes winning more customers and losing less customers. Number two, increase the frequency of transactions. And by this, I mean get more customers in more often. Number three, increase the average spend slash value of each customer. Number four, increase your prices. And number five, improve efficiency. And this includes people productivity as well as strategic overhead reductions. Now, these still seem a little general. So let's look at each one in a bit more detail. Okay, number one. Increase the number of customers. Now, it stands to reason that if you are able to increase your number of customers without spending any money to do so, and that includes keeping all the ones you currently have or minimizing the number you lose, while attracting a greater number of new clients, you will undoubtedly make more money and thus your business will grow. Fairly easy. Number two, increase the frequency of transactions. On a recent podcast episode, Rich McCabe from iSalon Coaching talked about the benefit of getting your clients in just one week earlier than their normal visit pattern, i.e. every five weeks rather than every six weeks, and the dramatic effect that this could have on your business turnover. This way, you don't need more clients, you just get the ones you already have to come to visit you more often, thus visiting you slightly more in the same year, even just one or two more visits, and your business turnover will indeed grow. Number three, increase the average spend slash value of each customer. The previous option is one example of this strategy. And again, you don't need any more customers to grow your business. Another way to do this is to increase the amount of money each client spends with you during each visit. 
This could be an upsell on treatments, a package of treatments, an add-on treatment, an additional treatment, or possibly a retail purchase. Number four, increase prices. So let's say every time a client comes to see you, they pay a little more for each treatment that they have. It means that you're earning a little more money for each treatment that you perform. Same number of customers, same number of treatments, same costs, but more money. Number five, improve efficiency. This is the trickiest one to achieve, as efficiency deals with squeezing more out of what you already have. In general, it's a function of reducing costs without reducing your offering, or getting more for what you already are spending, which could be in terms of purchases, premises or people. If you have team members who are not fully booked, but you are paying them anyway, then driving more customers to them to increase the money they are generating would be an increase in productivity. The only problem is that you would need to find the new customers in the first place, and to do that may increase your costs. One example I am always quoted here is that of putting pressure on suppliers to give a discount or reduce their prices. While this technically doesn't affect your service level, presuming you are getting exactly the same products supplied at a lower price, it doesn't exactly endear you to your suppliers. And should a situation ever arise where there is a stock shortage and you need resupplying, who are your suppliers likely to help first? You, who drove them down on price, or another client who happily pays the standard price that they charge? So just be careful with this type of thing. But which option delivers the best results? Or are they all pretty much equal? Well, the answer is that they are not all equal, and one option does indeed deliver substantially better results than the others. In fact, while I was researching this episode, I was amazed by the results in that one option delivers nearly the same results as all the other four put together. To illustrate which option works best, I needed to find clear examples of each method being used by a spa, a salon or an other beauty business. I also needed some pretty specific information including reliable before and after measurements to be able to compare each strategy like for like. This is why it's taken me so long to put this episode together. Now, at this point, it's probably a good idea to mention the worksheet I've put together for this episode. I've compared the results from attempts to affect each of the five ways to grow and put them all together in a table, a couple of tables to be precise. There's a lot of figures and numbers and stats coming your way, and I'll explain every single one of them. And ultimately, it's the difference that they make to the profit that's really the important bit. But I know some of you will like to work along with me and make sure that you understand each of the figures I'm talking about. So while I talk through the results here on the podcast, seeing all the numbers written down really clarifies the results. Plus, you can compare your own business with that of the salon in the spreadsheet and the examples to see just what each change might have as an effect on your business. Now, you can get hold of the worksheet by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash nine download. So if you want to go and grab a copy of the worksheet now to work through with me in the next section, pause the podcast here, go and grab the worksheet and we'll wait for you. If you want that address again, it's beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash nine download. That's the number nine, the word download, no spaces. Okay, we'll wait here for you for a minute. Okay, so if you have a copy of the worksheet in front of you now, you can follow through. Otherwise, I'll explain things as we go and remind you of the download details at the end of the episode so you can go and grab your copy later. First of all, some basic details about the beauty business we are looking at today. This is a beauty salon in a high footfall area. 
They have four members of staff, two full-time and two part-time, although the part-time workers do pick up additional shifts when they're in high demand. The salon is run fairly well and the staff columns are generally quite busy all of the time. If we look at the simplified figures for the last year, we can see that the turnover for the salon was £180,000. And just to be clear, turnover is all sales, less any discounts and taxes. Just an aside here, I've done all the calculations in pounds because they're most familiar to me in the UK. But the figures hold true and all the examples hold true, whether you're in dollars, whether you're in euros, doesn't matter. The wage costs, including commissions for the salon, is £83,000 a year, around 45% of the turnover, which is actually fairly high. The product costs for the salon, for both retail and professional for the year, were £18,000. Fixed costs, and that's rent, water, electric, lighting, insurance, etc., were around £48,000 for the year. Again, this is a little on the high side, but this is kind of explained by the fact that they're in a high footfall area, so the rents are a little bit higher. This leaves a profit for the salon of around £31,000, or around 17% of turnover, which is respectable, but could certainly be better. In the year we're looking at, the salon had 2,100 separate customers, and over the course of the year, they gained an additional 250 new customers. If we look at the customer acquisition rate, which is the 250 new customers divided by the 2,100 original customers, then we get an acquisition rate of 12%. Over the year, they also identify that they lost 130 customers, which gives a defection rate or a loss rate of 6%. The average number of times a client visits the salon in the year is 2.2 times. Some clients visit as much as 14 times in the year and some only come once, but the average is two and a bit times. The number of transactions within the year was therefore 2,220, the number of existing customers plus the new customers less any lost customers multiplied by 2.2 visits gives us 4,884 separate transactions. The average value of each transaction, which you can get by dividing the turnover figure of 180,000 by the number of transactions, 4,884, equals £36.86, which is fairly typical. Again, some transactions were for significantly more and some for quite a bit less, but the average overall came out to £36.86. Now, how do all these figures stack up against your own? Don't forget, you can grab a copy of the worksheet which has all these calculations on it so you can see just how much of each of the following examples might affect your business. So, now we know a little bit more about the business we're dealing with, let's move on to the changes that were made. As I have said, the following information is based on real-world examples. It took me a while to find them, but I did in the end, and I've adjusted them using clever maths stuff to fit this particular business size so we can compare them all like for like. Scenario 1. Targeting the acquisition rate. The first of our five ways to grow was to increase the number of customers, and the first example we'll look at was an attempt by the salon to bring in new clients and increase the acquisition rate of new customers. The salon achieved this by performing more marketing, both locally and in the form of direct mail drop, leaflets, posters and an advert in the local press. This resulted in an additional 63 new clients and moved the acquisition rate from 12% to 15%. So it was fairly successful. However, the cost of all this marketing was considerable. So after all the additional marketing costs were considered, the additional 63 clients only added £2,603 to the profit meaning an overall increase in profits of just 
Now, 8% is not bad. It's certainly not to be sniffed at, but let's see if we can do better. In scenario two, rather than tackle the acquisition rate to bring in new customers, the salon implemented more customer care programs and spent time calling clients to make sure things were all going well. Plus, they implemented a bigger and better loyalty program. The additional time it took to make the client calls and the reduction in income due to the changes to the loyalty scheme pushed up the business costs a little, which meant that when these were taken into account, even though the work reduced the defection rate from 6% down to 4% and meant that the salon retained 42 clients that they might have lost, it only actually added £2,281 to the profit for the salon. Overall, even though it did increase profit, this only changed final profits by 7%. Now, scenario three deals with getting clients in more and more often. So the second of our five ways to grow deals with increasing the frequency of transactions. And in the beauty business, this means getting your clients to visit you more and more often. In this scenario, the salon in question implemented a more proactive scheduling regimen, mainly involving staff suggesting the next booking date rather than simply relying on the client to call up and make another booking. This was also supported by an additional marketing and advertising to existing customers via email and text message to let them know about new treatments and offers. This worked surprisingly well and improved the average number of transactions per client from 2.2 to 2.6, which seems like a really small shift, but with the number of clients the salon already had, this meant they needed to take on additional staff to cope with the new demand. The scenario added well over £30,000 to the turnover, which was fantastic, but the cost of staff training, marketing and taking on the additional staff meant that it added just £4,260 to the profit, which is a very respectable 14% increase and not bad at all, and certainly the best option so far. Scenario 4 is all about increasing the average transaction value. Now, in this scenario, the salon attempted to increase the amount of money each client spends whenever they visit the salon. They already knew that their retail sales figures could have been much better, so they decided to focus largely on this and also to bundle some of the more popular treatments together as an incentive for clients to have more than just one treatment when they came into the salon. This was again successful and shifted the average transaction value by around 5%, from £36.86 each time a client visits to £38.70 each time they visited. This added around £9,000 to the turnover of the salon. But because this primarily came from improvements to retail spend, and with this came increased product costs, and also the staff all went through some specialised retail sales training, which cost over £1,800 in total, the effect on profit was reduced to just £2,496, or around about an 8% increase. Finally, scenario number five, a price increase. In this scenario, the salon opted to increase their treatment prices by an average of 5%. This had the same overall effect of increasing the average transaction value, as we just talked about, from £36.86 to £38.70. In this case, there wasn't the need to increase product costs and the only cost involved was to reprint the price lists and update the website. After the costs were taken care of, this added £8,611 to the final profits of the salon. That's a whopping 28% increase in profits, all from a mere 5% price increase on treatments. 
So as you can clearly see from the results, a small change to the price of treatments delivers a result far greater than any of the other potential ways to grow your business. In fact, by simply increasing prices like this, it delivers almost the same result as any three of the other scenarios put together. The other thing to notice about this final scenario is that a price increase is the most simple option to implement. You just sit down with the team to run through your prices and come up with a new set of price lists. It's the quickest option to put into place and delivers the fastest results. All the other scenarios required training and or some new systems and procedures to put in place. Each one of these takes time to deliver their results, whereas a price increase starts to generate larger profits straight away. So not only does it deliver the biggest result, but it's also the easiest to do, all things being equal, and the fastest to produce results. So I hope you can see that a simple price change is by far the best way to grow your business. And this is why it has always been my go-to option when working with clients. So now you know this, if I told you now to go and increase your prices even by just 5%, would you do it? I'm guessing that one or two of you would. A few more might seriously consider the idea, but the vast majority of you wouldn't do it. Why is this? Well, I've been through this process with many clients over the years, and the level of resistance to price changes really started to intrigue me. Not just in my own clients, as it was one thing for me to advise this, but when it came time to increase my own prices, I found myself similarly resistant to the idea. This really intrigued me, so I started to look into it, first of all through outside research, books and articles. And then I started to verify what I discovered with my own clients and even myself. And the same things kept coming up. When I suggested that you go and increase your treatment prices, this is what probably happened in your head. You do one of two things. You either, number one, you picture the one client who immediately pops into your head who will object to a price rise. This is the one client who will ask to speak to you in the salon about it, possibly email you about it too. You imagine the confrontation of having to explain the price rise to this client and you instantly decide you just don't need the hassle. Or you might do the second thing. You jump into what I call the negative consequence spiral. Your brain goes from increased prices to what if I lose my customers to what if I lose all my customers then I'll have to lay off members of my team. My business will fail. I won't be able to pay my bills. I'll lose my house. All my friends will abandon me. I'll become a complete failure. I'll be penniless and alone. Okay, so this might be a bit dramatic. And when I go through this negative consequence example in front of an audience, it always gets a bit of a laugh. But I always see a few people in the audience gently nodding while laughing and clearly relating to the idea. Maybe not quite to such a severe extent, but they certainly knew what I was talking about. Think about it. Are you nodding your head right now? What is really strange is that our brains can jump to scenario one or two, or even both, without us even realising it. And even with the evidence I've shown you, the vast majority of salon owners will hear the advice, see the results, but still fear the idea of a price change. So why are we so afraid of prices? Well, most people are to some level afraid of what they don't understand. This is just human nature. Instead of telling you to raise your prices, suppose I told you instead to go and open up a salon in a foreign country where you didn't speak the language at all. That idea would probably scare you, wouldn't it? I don't speak the language, I don't know the legal system, I don't know their customs are just the first of many objections and fears that come to mind. But let's say for whatever reason you just had to do this. Move to a foreign country and set up your business there. 
Before embarking on such a challenge, the chances are you might want to do a little bit of investigation. You might take some lessons in the local language, learn about the local customs and legal system, maybe even seek out an advisor in a new country to help you. You certainly wouldn't expect to pack your bags, move overseas and expect to just be able to speak the language instinctively just because you're there. You wouldn't want to find out about legal systems and customs purely by trial and error. Now, let's get back to the real world and apply this thinking to your pricing. What level of skills, training and knowledge do you have in the subject of pricing? What is your current level of expertise on the subject? Be honest. Do you think there is room for you to know a little bit more? If we don't fully understand something, we are naturally a little bit afraid of it. Not necessarily in the running away screaming type of way, but let's say we're just a little bit wary. Add to this the fact that most people don't like confrontation and in general avoid situations where this might arise. I know I'm certainly guilty of this all the time. This is why the majority of us will sit at our tables grumbling about the quality of a meal in a restaurant, but then when the friendly waiter comes and asks, is everything okay with your food? Most of us will turn around, put a smile on our faces and say, yep, everything's fine. We also naturally have a fear of rejection. No one likes to be turned down. No one likes the idea of a customer saying to us that they are leaving to go somewhere else. And let's face it, if we increase prices, this is a real possibility. So. If we fear the unknown, and we admit that we haven't studied the subject of pricing, plus we fear confrontation, a heated discussion with a client about why prices have been increased, and finally we are afraid of rejection, the client says that they aren't happy and they're going somewhere else for their manicure from now on, then no wonder you all haven't rushed out to increase your prices just because I told you so. But the solution to all of this, the magic key that will unlock your fears and anxiety about pricing and the idea of increasing your prices is knowledge and understanding. The knowledge of how to set prices the right way, the knowledge of how to know if it's the right time to look at raising your prices because there is a right and a wrong time and I'm not advising that everyone should just go out and crazily increase their prices here. The knowledge and understanding of exactly how to go about raising your prices in the right way to ensure you don't lose any customers, at least not the ones you want to keep anyway, will all help you to get past your fear of pricing. Now I've studied this subject over quite a few years now and I own many books on the subject as well as a number of other business books with chapters on the subjects of pricing. However, I was in the bookstore the other day and I tracked down the section of books on starting a beauty business and also a hair salon as there were a lot more books about this. I looked at 11 books in total. One of them was really, really thick. And in each book, when I looked at the subject of prices or pricing in the index, the most any one of these books had devoted to the subject was three and a half pages. And one of those pages had an image covering most of the page. So throughout April, we are getting deep into the subject of pricing. It's the next in the series of essential secrets that I've wanted to bring you for some time now. And finally, I can. Sure, it doesn't sound as exciting as learning the latest tactics to get more Facebook followers, designing the ultimate referral scheme for your clients, or learning how to automate your entire email marketing system, all of which might be important for your business and will cover on the podcast at some other time. In fact, to some of you, the idea of listening to another podcast about pricing and maybe reading an article or two to support the podcasts might sound dangerously like I'm inviting you to an economics lecture. But hold on. What if I can add 15 to 20% or as in the example 28% profit to your business this year? What if by following along with the articles and podcasts throughout April, you could start to see 30% more profits in your business every single day 
by as early as mid-May this year? Would that be worth it? I'll leave you thinking about that. And while you're thinking about it, if you want to go and see the figures written down and compare them to your own business, just to see what a small price change might mean to your business, don't forget to download the worksheet from the website by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash nine download. That's the number nine download. So that's it for today's episode. I think I've talked enough. If you're anxious and you want to go out and raise your prices after looking at the worksheet, send an email to me at adam at salonbusinesssecrets.com and I will send you something a little bit special that I'll be talking about in the next episode. If you can't wait until then, email me and I'll send it to you right now. But don't raise your prices without emailing me first. As always, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, then I hope you have found real value in this episode. If you did, then can I ask you a quick favour? Would you mind hopping over to iTunes, you can do it from your phone, and leaving a rating for the podcast? Ideally five stars. And if you have time, write me a little review as well. Not only does this help me to know that I am indeed helping salon and beauty owners out there, but it helps other independent salon, spa and beauty business owners to discover the show and means I can help even more people just like you. Thanks again. I'll see you in the next episode. We'll talk a bit more. Bye for now.